and welcome back into the Rock and Wrestling Podcast. I am Trevor alongside Spencer and Nick, and today is Sunday, October 25th. And boys, we have a lot to break down this week. Raw was loaded, AEW was loaded, NXT was loaded, and SmackDown had a good show. So guys, you know what? Before we, let's just jump right into it. So to start off Monday Night Raw, you had The Fiend and Alexa Bliss. They start off with an in-ring promo, which then Retribution interrupted and attacked them. And then all of a sudden, the lights turn off, and they're gone. But the Hurt Business comes up, and they brawl, and then that ended up in going to an eight-man tag, t- tag team match. After the Hurt Business won, The Fiend comes out, and he manhandles the whole, the whole group of Retribution. He literally took them one by one and destroyed them. What are your guys' thoughts on what happened? Dude, honestly, that was awesome to see. Like, I, when's the last time that we got to watch TV and wrestling? It was an eight-man tag match. Yeah, that's like video games. Never stuff. happens. That's that's uh, like uh, Teddy Long. Yeah, we're talking about that. <laughs> but yeah, it was cool how he came out, gave everyone his sister Abigail a little bit of mandible claw. <laughs> yeah, but the feud, he, I'm gonna be honest, he's a whole different person now that he's on Raw. I think he has a whole different identity. I was yeah, the Raw, Raw upgraded tremendously when they got oh, him yeah. and Alexa Bliss. You know, yeah. Fiend and Sister Abigail, I think it's going to be a deadly duo now. Obviously, they're not a duo together, but them together yeah. is... I'm just, still worried about the new day, though. It still hurts me. Yeah, well, Dude, it, it had to happen. Biggie's, it was Biggie's time to get a title push. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I knew it had to happen, but I didn't. I, I just didn't want it to happen right now. Hey, at least you still yeah. got two of them no, together. They're going to screw it up and make him look like an idiot. Yeah, well, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't think that's going to happen, but, you know, so, so let's move on. So AJ Styles yeah. got this new bodyguard all of a sudden. Guys, I can't even pronounce his last name, if I'm being honest. Jordan, <laughs> something like that. Like, I, I don't I, – but who even is that? But, dude, he is huge. The capital H, he is huge, man. What are your guys' thoughts on his new bodyguard, first of all? Well, like it? yeah, he was he's he's a bodyguard. bodyguard. But the whole funny part about it was when the referee was like, um, can you please leave the ring? Like, the, looks like the referee was about to shoot his pants, honestly. And it was like, oh, can you please leave? It, 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 it's my job. And the guy's just, like, standing there like, nope. Like, <laughs> this guy is it, – honestly, it gives me – it gives me uh, some reminders of how Bullet Club originally started. Sure. Yeah, I, I see that. So then AJ Styles ended up fighting Matt Riddle, and I think we know who, who ended up winning that match, guys. Uh, yeah. The face that they're going to do AJ Styles dirty like that. He's on the down of his career, but he's still he's still at the peak of his career, I think, even though Don't he's say down. Don't ever say that about he's old, man. He's coming down. Yeah, when he says down, he doesn't mean that AJ Styles is ever a bad wrestler, but comparing now to when he was amazing, He's yep. still good, but he's not as amazing as he was. He's still he's going downhill. He, it's a decline, man. Old. As you get older, you know what he's happens. He's old, but he's still one of the best wrestlers in the world. I, I didn't say he wasn't. Yeah, he's just saying like he's not as good as he used to be. But yeah, he's still good. <laughs> yeah. You guys know Matt Riddle's got some heat going on backstage? Oh, he's always got heat. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the, the original bro, though. I, I love him, guys. I think he's going to be a, one of the next best things besides him and Keith Lee, maybe. Because Keith Lee is on a whole other planet, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I, I think I, he's I, coming for that title next. WWE is already starting to kill Keith Lee's character, in my opinion. So then, so then guys, we had the Drew McIntyre promo uh, against Randy Orton. 
and that that one we'll one up getting into that later when we go when we talk mm-hmm. about Randy Orton's promo and yeah. how well first of all they went over time because that's what I think because we didn't get to see what actually happened when Drew McIntyre closed closed the door. But yeah, so let's, let's talk about the women's division. Mm-hmm. We had Lana challenging Oscar for the women's championship. Come on, guys! Couldn't come up with a better match. <laughs> What did she think? Wait, Aaron, Aaron, what did they do? want to slam her again. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And Lana got slammed the fifth week, week in a row by Nia Jax. The fifth week in a row. Are they ever going to stop doing it to her? No, it's just a meme. I say we go double digits. Yeah, she's there. Yeah, they they don't they don't like her now. All because I mean, that's what happens when your husband leaves the leaves WWE and goes to AEW. I guess Vince says, "Fuck you. You're getting put through a table every goddamn week by the strongest woman wrestler we got." For real. No, that's dangerous, too. Yeah. And then Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, they both come out, and Nia's like, you know what? We'll take anyone, anyone to challenge us. And three tag teams came out. You had Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans, the Riot Squad, and Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke in a fatal Who fight. Who the fuck is Dana Brooke? <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a good question. Who is Dana Brooke? But she, obviously, she's nothing special. And I think we knew who won that match. Obviously, mm-hmm. you don't. You're not going to have Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, who I think is the strongest and greatest women's duo that we've seen in years. Putting them together was a genius move by WWE. We got two freaks. Who who's going to want to fight them? I, I'm scared of them. I will. Yeah, and get your ass kicked. Definitely. Pay me two billion dollars, and I'll do it. And then we had Elias plays his new song. Actually, it wasn't a bad song. I'm not going to buy the album. I would. I'd listen to it. I want to listen to it. I can't wait till Monday. Nah, I'm not going to. Yeah, it does come out. comes out tomorrow, Monday. Yeah. Yep. But, um, and then after, after his first song, they wanted an encore. And you see the guitarist with his hood up. And like you, you had to have that feeling that like you knew that was Jeff Hardy. And he turns around and he just beat him. He beat him up. You knew it was Jeff Hardy was coming. And then Jeff Hardy ends up by saying, "That wasn't me who hit you with my car," because <laughs> you know Elias thinks it's him, which is why he was hurt. Yeah. So then Miz and Morrison just cut a promo against Tucker. Uh, what were your guys' thoughts on that promo? They just they, – because they just wanted – they wanted to fight. And then – They're all fashion Miz and Morrison just yeah. trying to they're – being, They're being such kids, man. I mean, at least that's what we'll talk about later. Yeah, we'll, we'll also get to um, – they, they challenged Tucker, and they said, Tucker, you know what? Go ahead. Find a partner. Tucker goes, you know what? I'll go find a partner, even though I'm new here on Monday Night Raw. And boy, oh, boy, did he find a partner. But we'll get there in a second. So uh, Kofi kicks in Xavier Woods. They talked about the last four years. Sheamus interrupts, telling them that, you know what, you guys basically suck. Uh, <laughs> they go back at him, and then Kofi has a match for Sheamus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kofi obviously beats him up pretty well, because that's Kofi. Uh, Retribution cuts another promo about learning everyone's secrets and about how they will shut down a- anyone and mm-hmm. everything. Oh, guys, here was, here's the one the thing that cracked me up. When Titus O'Neil, he asked to be a part of the Hurt Business, oh, and he said, God. you know what, let's discuss it real quick. <laughs> And then they turn back around, and they and Titus O'Neil was like, "All right, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in." And then Cedric Alexander and who who else was it? It just attacked him. Yeah, all four of them. Yeah, all of them went down on Titus O'Neil. That took a turn, but yeah, I don't because we don't. I don't want to see Titus O'Neil during the herp. Her no. I don't know about you guys. He's kind of a joke at this point. Why is he still on the roster? In my opinion, it's a glorified tag team. Make him a. Perfect production. There's no spot for him on the roster. Let's take that space. Hey guys, the best part of the show for me <laughs> is a Morrison match, man. Here comes Tucker with his brand new tag team partner, El Gran Gordo. I wonder who El Gran Gordo could be. Looks like a you know, Otis with a, with a mask. I wonder who that could be. For real. <laughs> but no, Otis coming out in the pink stuff, dude. Guys, that was hilarious. That I didn't even funny. think that was coming. I thought he was going to pick like some... I don't know some low-level raw guy on the. I don't know. I thought he was gonna make a new tag team. Yeah. yeah, I thought I thought Tucker was gonna make a new tag team with someone and like kind of be something good. You know what I'm saying? But you know when Otis came back out, that was just that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And you know El Gran Gordo was gonna get the pinfall. You know exactly. he was gonna get that victory, and of course El El Gran Gordo got the win, and mm-hmm. that was just absolutely fantastic. 
yeah. then so we have Firehive, Firefly Funhouse first promo, guys. First one on Monday Night Raw. What was yeah. your guys' thoughts in it? I mean, I thought it was, it was pretty funny in the beginning because you know you got the rabbit, right? Yeah, that <laughs> poor rabbit. You get tortured every episode. Abused. <laughs> Literally, he gets put in a blender. Yeah. Special knowledge. He's like, God. no, no, we're good, and then boom, abused. And then, yeah, but then at the end, you you hear a knock on the door, and everyone <laughs> knew who it was. It was Alexa Bliss, baby. <laughs> With a just creepy, creepy little smile going for her. You know that that smile scares me. She means evil in her eyes, guys. Exactly. And then we had the Braun Strowman-Keith Lee match, which was the last match of the night. Uh, Braun won by kicking Keith Lee in the nuts. So then after the match, <laughs> Keith Lee uh, got him back and hit him right in the yeah. nuts. I said good for Keith Lee. You know what? Yeah. Braun got a dirty shot. Why yeah. not get him back? I, my whole opinion with that is, I just have a real bad feeling in the back of my head that they're just going to slowly, like, kill Keith Lee's character. No, no, like, no, dude. I think he's too valuable. I, th- I think they know they have something special I, going okay, on. Not, I understand with that, but if you looked at a lot of the recent NXT guys that have come up, he, Vince has openly said he hates NXT, does not like it. And he, every time an NXT guy comes up or a woman comes up, Kills her character, just completely obliterates them. That's that's one reason why I'm so scared, fearful for it. I mean, the fact that he's going against Braun Strowman, I would say that's the opposite. If he really hated you, he put you against a low level people, or like EC3. You don't get TV time unless you're the twenty four seven champion. That's a that's a fact, Spence. He's not going to go against Braun Strowman if he's some crappy yeah. wrestler. Yeah, and they they made him lose like thing. thing. Yeah, but they made yeah. him lose on a cheap shot, man. Yeah. It just shows that he lost by, like, exactly what he said, a cheap shot. It's not – even if it was a good fight, it would be a good fight that everyone want to watch and it pushes him up and he loses. Like, regardless, he's, right. he's on top of that WWE right now. I'm I'm telling you, Keith Lee's going to be the next WWE yeah. champion after <laughs> Hell in a Cell. But, guys, mm-hmm. now, speaking of WWE champion, Randy Orton has a promo. Inside, he, they brought the cage down. He locked himself in it. And mm-hmm. he's talking and he's talking and he's talking. And finally, Drew McIntyre comes out. Cecil comes in. He happens to have the lock cutter right behind. He picks it up. He cuts it in. And he slams the door. And he's like, let's do this thing. And then all of a sudden, it goes to commercial. So, guys, I don't know about you, but I think Randy Orton went over on time. I think they were yeah. supposed to have, like, a little fight whatever. But, yeah, so go ahead. Some rumors going around that um, they, they were not keeping track of time during his whole promo. Okay. And I don't know. People, a lot of fans were thinking that he either went over the time of how long he was cutting his promo, or a lot of people were saying they didn't realize what the time was. But okay. either way, they screwed I mean, up. I think it's terrible. It's the second week in a row. Yep. Or at least the second show in a row. Because I don't know if it was last row or last SmackDown. Retribution was just to make their yep, older promo. Yeah. They forced it into this week. That's the second time. Like, you got to come You yeah, guys have one evaluate and do something different. We want, I wanted to see them go at it a little bit right before their fight. Last time before we see them, before yeah, you, know, you, you probably had you probably had uh you probably had Tom Phillips yelling, guys, 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 we're off the air, we're off the air, stop fighting. Fine. It makes for good TV because it makes you want that match you no, want no, for I, I think that made me mad instead of making me anxious understand. to see what happens. Uh, yeah, understand. You gotta see little fights before the big fight. Yeah. All right, guys. So Raw was, I think, a pretty, pretty good show. Uh, very yeah, had a lot of things. Let's kick it over to you, Nick. Well, NXT, my area of expertise. So our first match, NXT, it was a triple threat match between Kushida, the Velveteen Dream, and Tommaso Ciampa. That was a great match. It was a hell of a match. They all kicked the crap out of each other. But Kushida came out with the win. Well, I like what they're doing with Kushida. They're making him a they're making him a heel. They're making him a bad guy now. I love him. Now the next match we had Ember Moon versus Jesse Kamiya. Ember Moon beat uh, Jesse. I can't say that last name. But um, after the match, Dakota Kai came out and kicked Ember Moon in the face. That's a ne- I think that's the next rival that's going to happen before Ember Moon I kinda, gets the goal. I kind of like Ember Moon went back to NXT. I'm not gonna <clears> say, <throat> right now, the women's division isn't that good, but it's also flooded with mid-level talent. 
Yes. Yeah, I agree. There's yeah. move something down and make the NXT brand just a little bit more reputable. This is the right. She move. came back uh, last last NXT. She came back, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's a good spot. You don't have to draft her. You put her in another show. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Now with another match, we had Bronson Reed versus Austin Theory. This was, it was a good. It was a crazy match. But Reed beat Austin Theory, and after the match, Austin <clears> Theory <throat> got up, asked for more. Asked to do another match, and guess what? He lost again. Oh, dude. Owen's doing the same. That's not fun. Austin Theory is on the down roll. I personally love Austin Theory. I think he's the future of the business, but I don't like the way they're they're making him do everything. What did I say last week? Yes. I said I think they are ruining him. And again, two another week in a week in a second week in a row, they got him losing on NXT. Yeah, I get the first one versus Johnny Gargano. You're not mm-hmm. going to lose to him, but yeah, come yeah. on, Austin Theory looked good when he was on the main roster, guys. Yes, yeah. and he, I think he looked better ever when he was back in Evolve, which is now owned by WWE. But now with our other match, we got Legato Del Fantasma versus Isaiah Swerve Scott. Jake Atlas and Ashante Donis. It was a good match. It was a lot of heat in it. Is because it's a big rivalry now between the leader of Legato Del Fantasma versus Isaiah Swerve Scott. Yeah. So people know at home though that it's a it's a three man stable, right? Yes. Yeah. So it was a six man tag match. Because I don't know if you don't say that, maybe someone doesn't yeah. know. Might think it's one v three. Like, what? How did they win? <laughs> but nonetheless, Legato Del Fantasma won. And Escobar, the cruiserweight champion, he is he's a great wrestler in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He's very good. He used to wrestle in other companies that we won't talk about. And another match. We had Killian Dane versus and Drake Maverick versus Everize, or Drake Maverick Killian Dane, like to call them. The what was it? The fight, the fury and the furry. Yeah, something like that. The, yeah, it was a stupid name. But ever anyway, so Everrise won DDQ after Maverick hit them with a steel chair. The reason what happened was, um, Killian Dane was in a submission, and they made Maverick watch. Maverick hit one of the members of Everrise that took a steel chair and started whacking them with it. But after the match was over, Killian Dane was pumped. He loved he loved it when he saw them beating down on them. It was amazing. Another match: Casey Catanzaro versus Zia Lee. Zia Lee's been wanting another match because she says it's her opportunity. But yeah, for last week, right? Yeah, she was granted for this week. Yep, and wasn't her opportunity this week? She squandered. She squandered <laughs> that opportunity. Casey Catanzaro came out with the win, but after the match. Raquel Gonzalez came out and laid waste to all of them. And she was talking about how she's going to beat the crap out of Rhea Ripley at NXT TakeOver Halloween Havoc. Personally, can't wait to see that match. Oh, Two yes, me too. That's going to be a good-ass match. It should look good. Yes. Look and then with the last match. Oh, baby. It was supposed to be the UE, my guys, which I was very sad to see. The Undisputed Era. Versus Brizongo for the A A W NXT NXT tag team titles, but all the other members of the UE were attacked by a mystery person. Who knows who that was? But before Kyle O'Reilly went to the hospital to see how his partners were doing, see how Roger Strong and Bobby Fish were doing, he went to Orny Orny. Oni Orkin and Danny Burch and said, you know what? You guys can have this title opportunity. Now it's Orkin and Burch versus Brizongo. When that happened, I'm thinking the back of my head, you know what? Brizongo's going to win, but I just have that sick feeling that Orkin and Burch are going to win. I, I'm going to be honest, kind of mad that Orkin and Burch beat Brizongo. Is because Brizongo's been a tag team. If I don't, I don't know yeah. if you guys knew, but they've been a tag team for a while. They've yeah. been really injuries, but they finally got the tag titles. The main yeah, they finally got the tag titles now. But a mis- the mystery attacker showed himself. 
It was none other than the guy that lost to Adam Cole, Pat McAfee. Yeah, I, I was shocked. I love that. I the man, shocked. the myth, the legend. I did not see Pat McAfee there. What a god! But I'll I'll give him I'll give McAfee where credits due. He's a, he's good in the ring. He's done yeah. some stuff he that really surprised me. But he just he just has that personality where whatever exactly. he wants to do, he, he can do because he's, he's a people's active. person, man. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> He yeah. can take a fall. He can do a little you know, 360 jump, frog splash. But, yeah, that was the last match of the show. What's your guys' thoughts? I mean, Pat McAfee, dude. But yeah, come on. yeah, I, I don't McAfee have any other words besides Pat McAfee. Exactly. You know, seeing Pat McAfee come out that he was the mystery attacker, man. Come on. What's better than that? If NXT wants to have higher ratings, and that's just, how you fucking do it, man. What worse, what a great ending, though. they all posed Undisputed Era's pose. <laughs> they all did their pose, which that that struck a chord to me because oh, I'm a big Undisputed Era fan. But I'm gonna say this right now: my two favorite matches t- t- on NXT was Lorcan and Bird versus Brizongo, and that triple threat of Kushida versus Vel- Velveteen Dream versus Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, sounds like it was a good show. Man. Yeah. Now we got A E. Well, hold on, hold on, my guy. You got to test your knowledge first. Oh God, we got to yeah. see if you're. You know, worth the punch. You know what time it is. Yeah. He's knowledge. (laughs) Yes, sir. So to recap, Nick went four for six the first episode. Yeah. Last week, he went four for five. Let's Mm -hmm. see if he can go five for five this week. Let's see. Spence, hit him with the first two questions. Question number one. This should be a give me. Okay, we're giving you one right here. What is Cesaro's nickname? Swift Cyborg, the Swiss Superman. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. Cyborg. Yeah, you don't have to keep it. The Cyborg, yeah, you're good. Yes, yes. I should get an extra point for the No, no, it's extra point. No, no, no. It's okay. You're just that much more. <laughs> what is Shinsuke Nakamura's walkout song? A, how we do it. B, bring the pain. C, the rising sun. The rising sun. Shinsuke Nakamura. Two for two, Nick. All right. All right, you thought those questions were easy? Let's see if you know the good old days. Ready? What was Roddy Piper's TV segment called? Piper's Pit. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Long live Piper. I forgot. Nick's Nick's an oldie. He's like an old soul. He knows everything about old wrestling. All right, Nick, you're three for three. You haven't been three for three yet since we started this podcast. Let's see if you can go four for four and then ultimately five for five. How many times has Carmella... Won the Women's Royal Rumble. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was looking at him, bro. He was confused. He was like, he was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Was it maybe one? He's like, you know, I, I when women's all I know is she's won the women's money bank. That's all I know. Yeah. Yeah, but but Carmella has never won the Women's Royal Rumble. All right, Nick. Last question. Who oh, did Sting? Take on at his first WrestleMania. This is an easy one. The game. Triple. Triple. H. Do the water. Now you got to do the water. Spit it out, Nick. Bro, if you spit that out of my room, I'm not. All right, Nick. Nick, you know what? Me and Spencer are going to give it to you. Question's kind of a little easier this week, but still. Five for five. I wouldn't have got all five of these. It's very impressive, man. Nick's knowledge at its finest. Now, to my bread and butter. My favorite part of the week, AEW. So, the first match of the night was Wardlow versus Jungle Boy for the first round matchup of the AEW tournament to challenge John Moxley. Wardlow beat Jungle Boy by you by hitting his finisher, the F10. Yep. Well, no other finishers, F something. And I thought that was a pretty good match. I'm going to be honest, I thought it was going to be kind of a squash match. But Jungle Boy put up a great fight. Then, the second match, the cleaner is back. Back. Kate Omega versus Sonny Kiss. People are wondering, why Sonny Kiss? But Joey Janela had to forfeit his match in the tournament due to COVID-19 concerns. It's because... He was at a uh, 
indie wrestling show that he was exposed to someone that had COVID. Well, I hope he gets better, too. Yep. But even with just adding Sonny Kiss, we all know that was a no-brainer that Kenny Omega was going to win that. Kenny Omega took the dub. The cleaner's back. I see him as the next champion. Now, with our other match, we have the brothers, the Lucha Bros, fighting against each other. Ray Phoenix versus Penta El Zero M. Phoenix beat Penta. But, but, and it's been announced that Ray Phoenix has to drop out of the tournament due to, due to an injury. So, Penta will face Kenny Omega in the next round of next week. That's going to be a good match. Yes. For that. Either way, it was going to be a good match. Oh, yeah, Phoenix yeah. or Penta. But, now we have Hangman Adam Page, the Hangman, versus I don't know if he's still part of the Dark Order or whatever you want, or whatever he's doing, but Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Mm-hmm. And Page took the dub, but I thought it was a great match, though. That match, it I'm going to be honest, at one point I really thought Colt Cabana was going to win. That really got me. But Hangman took the dub, like I said. My predictions in the finals, Hangman, Adam Page versus Teddy Omega. That's yeah, my I mean, prediction. They split the as a tag team. They have to fight each other in the finals. Right? That's kind of a given. Yes. yes. Then you had Britt Baker, the so-called role model of the women's division, versus Killing, uh, Kaylin King. Baker beat King. I'm going to be honest. I didn't really pay attention to that match because – you have a jobber in the women's division, King, and, and then you have Britt Baker. And I'm going to be honest, I'm kind of getting old. Um, th- the whole role model thing is kind of getting old for me. I like it, but what are you going to do, right? Keelan knew exactly what she was signed up for. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if you guys don't know, I think I've said this multiple times, but I'm going to say it again. Her, uh, her husband, boyfriend, is Adam Cole. He's in WWE. Surprised, yeah. I'm surprised they don't give him help for that. Anyway, then with the last match, the main event, you had the fatal four-way tag team match for the number one contenders for the AEW Tag Team Championships. It was the Young Bucks, Private Party, Butcher and the Blade, and Reynolds and Silver of the Dark Order. Well... I knew Silver and Reynolds were going to win. Yeah, it was a no-brainer. No, I would have been. I would have been. I would have. I would have been all right with anyone else. But mm-hmm. my guys, the Young Bucks, Super Kick Party Baby, took the dub. But after the match, FTR came out with some beers to try to have some fun and wish them good luck against their match against FTR. But a mystery attacker came out. When a steel chair hit Nick in the back of the in the back, and they started attacking Matt Jackson, and then they put Nick they put the steel chair in Nick Jackson's legs, and they jumped on the chair and hurt Nick Jackson. And guess who that guy was? Did anyone guess? Well, I mean, for his words, what? That's not. Tully Blanchard. Tully Blanchard. The so-called manager of FTR, and that's how the show ended. What What's your thoughts on the show? I mean, all in all, it sounds good. I mean, like I said, though, I like tournaments. It's something different. We don't get yes. to see that another video game aspect. Yes. But I don't. I feel like the ending is kind of predictable. We know it's going to be Page versus Omega, so why build up to it? That's my one point. Another point. So I hope Young Bucks. Nothing against them. Like obviously, I don't think it's going to be a real injury. But I hope they're knocked out of contention. they got to do a triple threat tag team match because I don't want to see the same people getting the same chances. Now, again, I wouldn't want to see Silver and Reynolds get that chance because they're not really mm-hmm. high on that hierarchy at all. But Butcher and the Blade, possibly, or Private Party, I would I love like, to see them yeah, get that like chance. Party. fight FTR for that championship. I don't want to see Young Bucks or Cody or the same people that run the business. Yeah, that's understandable. I'm excited for the Young Bucks. Yeah, that's understandable, but still. Even though they had owner, they are part owners or whatever of AEW. Mm-hmm. They are still one of the best tag teams in the world. No, yeah, I'm not gonna do that. Right. I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, but it's now the young bucks time, bro. Oh yeah, before they started AEW. Yeah, 
Obviously, but now let's go to the ratings war. AEW Wednesday Night Dynamite had seven hundred and fifty-three thousand viewers, which was down from last week's eight hundred and twenty-six thousand viewers. NXT had six hundred and forty-four thousand viewers, which was down from last week's six hundred and fifty-one thousand viewers. AEW. The whole reason I think they lost the not lost the ratings war. I mean, the whole reason why I think the ratings went down mm-hmm. is because that stupid Devlin Air dinner thing. Or that's oh, that's what I forgot to talk about. That's how bad it was. I, I that's how bad it was. I didn't want to talk about it. it. Was at first it was cool. Right? It, was cool first it was cool, and then it yeah. turned out to a whole musical thing. It was kind of like Family Guy. Yes, it was stupid. Or is it Tony when you need him? But, like, I thought it was stupid. That's the reason, like, yeah. I, I was telling Spencer as we were watching that. As people were watching that, they probably just turned it off. Yeah. They probably lost a lot of viewers there. I mean, Chris Jericho argued otherwise, but, I mean, you know. But let's move on to the next show, right? We got SmackDown. SmackDown! Two nights ago, so we started off with Kevin Owens. Talking about wanting a tag team, you know, Brian comes out, but then so did Ziggler and Rude, and then the Street Profits, and then Nakamura and Cesaro. Nakamura! I mean, I thought it was a great way to show off the new SmackDown tag team division. We're going to see these four teams battle it out over the next couple weeks. Yep. Yep. So, actually, did. We kind of had basically the, oh, what's the term for it? Heels versus baby faces, right? We got Owens and Daniel <laughs> Bryan, the Street Profits. An eight-man tag match, another match we don't ever get to see, right? Against Nakamura, Cesaro, Ziggler, and Rude. And you can only imagine that. You got to give the win to the baby faces. The heels aren't taking the win on a double like that. But then we have Law and Otis, which is arguably one of the top <laughs> moments of the show. That was so funny. So we'll call this one part one because it happened two times. Yes. On this two-hour show. The first thing we're introduced to, Ron Simmons as the baby yeah, APA. APA. <laughs> was the bailiff and the judge. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. I, I could I just couldn't wait for Ron Simmons to scream. Yeah. And he never did. It was like, dude, that's your thing. That's the way you're known. Yeah, he did. He did at the end. Well, that's part two, my guy. Or oh, part yeah. one. You just skipped it. But it's okay. So, <laughs> so Ron obviously you have the plaintiff, Miz and Morrison, suing for unsafe workplace. And the fact that Otis did not use uh, the money in the bank I guess the actual suitcase itself. They fired their lawyer in the very first segment after two seconds of her saying, well, he's got a good point. And then obviously the defense was Otis, who claimed that he could be his own lawyer. I thought it was a comical scene. It brought some light, lightness. I don't know. I thought it was really funny. Yeah, was. Something you don't see wrestling. Oh, okay. it was, I think it was a better version of what we saw in AEW. The AEW family got a skit. Oh, I don't, I don't like mm. it. Like, this, this action made me laugh. So... After that, there's a nice promo backstage. Daniel Bryan's threatened by IC champion Sami Zayn. Because I, I forgot to mention, um, Daniel Bryan was actually talking garbage about Sami Zayn. He's like, well, he should be putting his, his yeah, title, yes. every week. But during that whole thing, I had like, I in the back of my head, I'm thinking, like, Kevin Owens is going to attack Daniel Bryan, and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are going to form again. And I was wrong, which is kind of surprising. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty surprised that no one jumped at each other. They were just kind of chilling. Yep. But then we had another match, Bianca Belair versus Selena Vega, the only woman's match. Oh, the EST and WWE. Nick, Nick, your favorite, Bianca Belair. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was a no-brainer. Belair had to take the dubs. Selena Vega, I still see her as a wrestler. She's still a manager without anyone to manage. She doesn't have the skills yet to be, I don't even think, low-level. Well... She used to wrestle in that company we like to call Impact Wrestling. That's true. I want to say they reputable because they wrestle in Impact Wrestling. You can't give them that credibility. Fine. They wrestled in what it was called TNA. Oh, that's even less reputable. But anyway. Ah, (laughs) So then we had Lars Sullivan versus Shree G. Basically a killer match. Well, killer not as good. Kill as in Lars Sullivan won because that's just what has pushing him. They're still pushing him to be another Braun Strowman. They're going to fake you know, Survivor Series did a nice match. Yep. Big Boy versus Big Boy. Yep. But I think the biggest part of that, besides that, it was a double-edged sword. Shorty G says, I quit WWE. And right after that, he has a promo where he's like, I don't quit WWE. I quit my gimmick. I need to be Chad Gable. 
was like, all right, thanks for letting us know. You're still the same person, but the immortal ready, willing, and cable. You're still the same crappy wrestler, mate. To my, in my opinion, so. Man won Olympic gold, so you can't touch that one. Okay, you need to go to That has nothing to do with the fact that he's a good WWE wrestler. Kurt Angle. Okay, yeah, that's just. Yeah, that's that's different. Kurt Angle was an absolute monster and a a Hall of Famer, man. No one thought he'd trust him. There's correlation. This is just correlation. One didn't cause the other. Whatever. You just happen to be good at both. Keep going. Shorty G, not so much. <laughs> the Bailey comes out. She cuts a promo. We basically know what's gonna happen. How are you expensive? You called it last week. Well, yeah. Like I said, I thought, as I said last week, that Sasha was gonna somehow make Bailey by make her sign it by force. Yeah. I thought maybe she'd knock her out and put the pen in her hand and make her sign it. But still, I was right in that way. Hit Bailey a few times with a steel chair. Threatened to put her leg in the chair. But she, she knocked Sasha. Mm-hmm. Sasha got back up, hit her with the chair again, and put her in the bank statement with the chair, inside the chair. Mm-hmm. And then she made her sign that contract. You know what? I can't wait for that match. Yeah, they've been building up the past, like, months or so. So, yep. I mean, you definitely got to be good, right? Yeah. So, we got Lawn Otis Part 2, or the final part of the saga, right? So, that Morrison's crying as he's being... Uh, being interviewed and they're trying to question him. Rey Mysterio, oh, he gets interviewed. Yeah, and then he bounces. He's like, "I think Otis should be allowed to not use it." And then Oscar starts speaking and speaks in Japanese. Hi, We didn't know what she was saying. JBL is He's like, "What is he saying?" And, and then he's hanging long. He's like, "I don't know, player." And then and then and then uh, Oscar says his favorite words: "Holla, holla, holla." Exactly. It was a great comment. I love that. I love that throwback. I, I, I mean, and then so Tucker, funny. this is where he gets a little more aggressive. Tucker becomes the next interviewee. He vouches for Otis, obviously, the broken up tag yeah, team. It's the, um, heavy machinery. Yeah. Yeah, I meant heavy machinery. What, what, like, I meant, like, what's the actual term? I don't for know. It? That's why I keep saying interviewee. I don't know. Uh, interviewee, it's fine. It's yeah. fine. You know what I'm talking about. And then, <laughs> so... The witness, I guess. Yeah, witness. Yeah, it's witness. So yeah. the GBL said, well, in this case, Otis obviously gets his allowed to use it. Uh, you have a year to use your actual money. Yeah, that's the whole point that's of the, the contract. contract. And then Miz and Morrison... Why is it Miz even oh. talking? Because it took him such a long time to cash out Randy Orton. Miz changes it up. Because he raises his hand and he says, I'd like to present one more form of evidence. And he goes, all right, well, let me see. He's like, it might change the case. He opens it up. They put a the ching in the background. Big briefcase of money. He obviously, this man was getting paid. He looked at it. Pay off the judge. Starts laughing, closes it, and he goes, Well, um, this case with the last piece of evidence, puts it underneath. He's like, and he declares that the match is going to have to happen at Hell in a Cell between Otis and Miz for the briefcase. We just need the briefcase for a chance. How do you guys feel about that? Otis well, is going to take the victory. What was that? I think Otis is going to win. I don't – come on, it's Otis. You're really going to take the money in the bank away from Otis? Let him cash in. Let him become champion. Come on, it's Otis, man. <laughs> I El Gran Gordo. WWE gives him – gives the Miz the briefcase again. It's going to be like, what, 2010 all over again? Oh, yeah. Ten years later. Exactly. Ten years later. Exactly. I'm going to strangle myself. So we have the last match. I am the Miz and I am awesome. So we have the last match tonight, Seth Rollins and Murphy. Oh, God. Aaliyah. Basically, is like I think she's in love with Murphy. Yep. Okay, at this point, I think. Well, really, when he put in his notes, he cannot say on no, air. But no, I think she, she really likes Murphy. Then. Yeah, because then, after um, Murphy loses to Rollins, Rollins he's a candlestick. He's about to beat up Murphy. Well, like that uh, candlestick is playing more in this rivalry than. I don't know. I think a candlestick should get a shredded card. He's like that's gonna be a big piece yes. of the storyline, my guy. Yeah, I'm a collector. Yeah, so then Aaliyah, basically, she, she's asking Dominic Ray, like, please stop on Murphy. I really like him. She's she, basically my boyfriend, but we're not, like, on labels yet. But then, <laughs> so they're like, nah, we're good. So then she runs out. She puts her body over um, Murphy. And and then basically, like, Rollins like, all right, you know, I'm not yeah, going to beat that guy. And then Dominic comes out. Rollins beats up Dominic. Ray comes out. It's kind of like Lion King. It was a bunch of drama. Yeah, and then Rollins goes away. We fall to the last segment of the night. Roman Reigns, the Tribunal Underground, 
comes out with Paul Heyman. So Jimmy Uso jumps in the Jumbotron as soon as he goes to the ring. Turns out he was in that, I guess you could say Roman's house. I don't even know what that was. No, it was his old private locker room, but it looked like a uh, house. Oh, okay. It was yeah. a private locker room. Still, house. it was pretty nice. Though. Yeah, I mean, nice it's a set. But, nice locker room. Yeah. But anyway, so, so everyone thought it was Jay Uso. He takes off his bandana mask and says, hey, Jay's behind you. Jay comes up, boom, slams him down. And the, well, I can't see the crowd. The Thunderdome goes wild, right? So Jay, Jimmy are at the front. They're on the ramp. Yep. And Roman comes over. And he stands up. This is the second time, right? This guy, he comes up from nothing. He got beaten. And he comes up. He's like, no, it's okay. And then he says, it's okay. If you make me quit, I won't be the travel chief. I won't be the champ. I can live with that. Can you? I mean, that was a crazy way to end the night. I mean, he basically, it prolongs this relationship because it's being with each other. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Well, I don't think Uso can live with that personally because, like, he's not the standard bearer of that family, but, like, it kills them. It really kills them in a way to, like, he has family too. They all have family. You need. I'll tell you. I'll, I think, obviously, I think Roman's gonna beat him. Hell in a cell tonight. It's tonight, actually, right, boys? But yeah. But now swinging to a different segment. Coming into the room. Welcome to the Rock and Wrestling Podcast. El Toro Azul. Lucha, 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 lucha. Welcome, El Toro Azul. <laughs> Thank you for having me on the podcast. This has been my lifelong dream as a luchador from I don't know where. Somewhere in the Caribbean. Are you going to 619 Nick for us? No! Booyaka, <laughs> booyaka, 619. Basically, I'm here to bring you out of the ring news. I got the top five segments. I got top five segments right here. Five facts for you guys, and we're going to talk about it. So, What's number here? one. Brock Lesnar, currently a free agent after WrestleMania 36, reportedly signed a contract with UFC or EA, a company that makes UFC, video games, Madden, NHL, FIFA. He's going to be in the DLC pack for UFC 4 Halloween. Honestly, as long as he's not in WWE, I am A-OK. No. I'm fine. See, I think why Paul Heyman is now representing Roman is because WWE does not have any plans to bring back Brock yeah, Lesnar in the well, time being that they want to bring him back, but I guys WWE though well, is this not the same without Brock Lesnar. This next fact might make you think about Brock Lesnar being back in WWE. You might think that they're bringing him back. Is it what I think it is? Kane Velasquez yep. is currently a free agent, signed in 2019, was supposed to be in the Royal Rumble, but because of a leg injury, he couldn't go forth with it. They released him in early 2020 due to COVID finances. Arn Anderson is currently the AW, spoke on the fact, predicts that WWE will re-sign him early in 2021. That obviously has to attract Brock Lesnar. You can't have Cain Velasquez without Brock Lesnar. No, no, they have to fight each other. They have to be main line somewhere. Brock, like I said, Brock's a big scared cat. Yeah, I don't think he's scared. No, I don't think who, who else Did anyone see whatever happened when they last fought in an Nick, Brock Lesnar is not that. scared of anybody. Yeah. Okay. Come sure. on. You sound like a fucking idiot right now. Come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We'll talk about. Hey, well, let's talk about Nick's favorite tag team that's probably going to be broken up. You heard it here first. From El Toro Azul. Your favorite tag team in NXT is going to get broken up. And I happen to know. Okay? So, Undisputed Era. Bobby oh Fish has mentioned that he will not work for anyone else besides Triple H and NXT. So, like Nick was saying, hopefully that Undisputed Era gets the call up. One member of NXT, of the NXT stable, doesn't want to leave NXT. Well... So do you bury Undisputed Era in this current oh, brand forever? No. Or do you break him up and let Adam Cole shine and everyone else just be whatever? I think it's time for Adam Cole to be on the main roster and him it's his turn to like 
prove that he's fucking got it, man, because he's a fantastic wrestler. You, know you can't let everyone else bring you down. You know what I can no, see? Happen, it's though? time for him to go on his own. You know what I can see happening? What? I can see this happening. They bring Roderick Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, and Adam Cole up to the main roster. And maybe somehow Triple H could talk him into doing it. Or this way, I see them letting go of Bobby Fish. And you could, I could possibly see him go back to Ring of Honor or something in Japan. I don't know. No, he said he doesn't want to leave WWE. He only wants to work for Triple H. So, like, I don't know about that. But we'll talk more about the fifth it's point. Hard, it's hard to say that. But let's transition over to AEW. We'll come back to WWE. AEW signed Serpent Pico, also known as Jay Cruz, John Cruz, 36-year-old luchador. Apparently, he's a friend of mine, okay? So, he yeah. was trained by the Dudley Boys. So that, just by that alone, you're already high up. High yep. Up We're the best tag teams ever in the world. Yeah. It's come on, now. He's huh? 36 years old. Oh, no, no, no. He's talking about Dudley Boys being good. How old did you say the guy was that AEW just signed? Yeah, 36. Yo, he's old. He's past his prime. He's got nothing left. Oh, what is this for? Time out. You know, you know how many wrestlers are in AEW, NXT, not NXT. Well, we got little Bobby Lashley. Yeah, Bob, look at Bobby Lashley. He's like, what, in his 40s and he's still... Nah, yeah, but I'm saying, you don't, I don't. I wouldn't sign someone who's 36 already. Well, his reason why... Well, that's why you don't own AEW. Yeah, let's well, hear. I want to hear the reason. Here's where they signed. He's been wrestling in the 80s since 2007. And as you know, AEW has their Dynamite show on Wednesday night, so they also have AEW Dark on YouTube. I like that. He's been wrestling on AEW Dark for the past two months. He had a couple squash matches in Dynamite versus Brian Cage and Jurassic Express. I don't know if it was a good source or not, but I know it was at State. So he had experience in the company, probably many things that he thought no one was a hack with the GT getting smashed. But now he has a real spot in the roster. So, I mean, this guy's going to be a little guy. He's not going to be your Adam Cole NXT. He's not going to be Cody. But he's going to be an extra guy to put in. Was it the World Rumble again? The Casino Battle Royale. Exactly. He's someone you put in there. That's one thing I like about AEW. Let's switch it up. But he basically he fought Scorpio Sky this past week, and apparently is one of the best high flying matches AEW has had. Well, I have to watch that, and you know what? I'll keep the highlights next week. AEW Dark, yeah. But let's go on the mass watch it. Last piece of news. All right. So actually, as of a couple of days ago, this is breaking news in Raw and SmackDown history. Triple H and Stephanie McMahon turned down roles that could not just give them more money, but more power in WWE, right and they turned it down. But roles. So originally, if you guys don't know, during the beginning of COVID, they were trying to season Eric Bischoff, the old WCW guy turned WWF, to be the SmackDown executive. They basically they gave him the job, and then they moved him down. They said you couldn't learn from everyone else. Yeah, which was that released. was stupid because he's – I know he was one of the responsible parties of destroying WCW and TNA, but mm -hmm. still he has a great mind for the business. I mean, you can't do that. Well, he was removed from his position October 2019. I don't know if it was mutual, but regardless, probably not. he's removed. The raw executive at that time was Paul Heyman. We all know this guy's really good. Yep. He's good on camera. He's good behind the stage. He was removed from the position in June 2020, but for this reason, that the fact that they wanted him to focus on his in-ring role. So Triple H and Stephanie McMahon were offered both those roles this past week. Raw executive and SmackDown executive. They told them no, we don't want that. So right now, Triple H, I believe he's the vice president, or he's the uh, president executive. He's a CEO or CEO. Of, no, he's not CEO. He's formerly CEO. He, he's not with that job anymore. Oh. Since he took on the being the brand of the executive of NXT, he's also the vice president. It's so he's weird. the vice president of talent relations. So he's oh. kind of like a John Laurinaitis. Hey. People power. And then Stephanie McMahon is a CBO, Chief Branding Officer. So she's social media, stuff like that. They did not want to leave their roles. So instead, what they decided to do was they put the Raw and SmackDown writers teams together, and like creative teams, and it's led by Bruce Pritchard. Hey! Uh, I have nothing wrong with Bruce Pritchard, but I don't like how the fact how they're putting both writing crew together because isn't the whole point of having a separate brand is you have but, different writers? Yes, but the thing is, so them joining together wasn't this is past week. It's been happening ever since they fired yeah. Bischoff and Heyman, so well, April. I could, I could give you a reason why Stephanie McMahon and Triple H did not uh, say yes. is because I quite don't remember what it was, but 
I believe it still was. I think it was sometime in 2020, whatever. But Triple H said how he's soon he's going to be stepping down. He's going to step down at everything. He's not going to like take. Yeah. Him, he's not going to be control of NXT anymore. Is because he wants to fully retire and he wants to spend time with his family. Yeah. Really makes sense. Makes sense for sure. All right, guys. So today's Sunday, and not only is it just Sunday, it's Hell in a Cell night. Oh, Boys, yeah. just real quick, just to let the viewers know, we're going to have an episode dropping tomorrow, Monday, to break down Hell in a Cell. But boys, real quick, before we wrap up this episode, I just want some predictions. For example, uh, I, don't, I see Roman Reigns retaining. I see Sasha winning. Um, like some, what are some thoughts, predictions going to happen? I also think Drew McIntyre is going to retain his title and hopefully end the feud with Randy Orton and move on to hopefully Keith Lee, maybe. If we save the SmackDown vibe, I think we all can agree Otis is going to win. It's going to be a good match, though. I, I'm gonna, I can't yep. wait to watch it because something's on the line. It's not just a match. As as much as I want to see more than one title change, which that's pretty rare in WWE pay-per-views. Like, we all know Sasha's going to win. Well, if Sasha doesn't win, so this is how I see it. Out of all those three titles inside Hell in a Cell, I know one of them will change hands. If Bailey does not lose her title, I hate to say it, but I think Drew's going to lose his title in in the cell if, if Banks does not beat Bailey. I would I would love I honestly I I think Drew McIntyre's going to win because he's been such a great great champion. But exactly. part of me also would love to see Randy Orton win. Let Randy Orton win another fucking WWE championship. Hell yeah, sign me up for that. Freaking legend killer, baby. They should just put him on SmackDown. I mean, I'm okay with either person winning. I'm I'm rooting for both. But I would say 60. percent I'm going for Drew McIntyre. That 40 percent is like a ring runner wins. I'm not gonna be mad. Because there's only you know? like out of all the guys on Raw, I'd like to see McIntyre drop his title to. It's the limitless, limitless one, Keith Lee. Yeah, I mean, we're rooting for that. Yeah. We're rooking for that. Only guy I want to Randy Orton, Keith Lee, Drew McIntyre, all in that same realm. You know what I say? I say. Um, what Drew McIntyre wins. You know what? Triple threat on Raw. I mean, I would, I would say the fair pay per view. I wouldn't just leave that. Either way, Triple Threat, I'd love to see that. Yeah. So, boys, Hell in a Cell is going to be good tonight, and I cannot oh, yeah. wait to watch. And, guys, just a reminder we are having an episode dropping 12 p.m. tomorrow to break down Hell in a Cell. We have got you covered, let me tell you. All right, guys. That wraps up episode three of the Rock and Wrestling Podcast. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And remember, follow us on our Instagram and our Twitter accounts, both at Rock and Wrestling. Remember, no G in wrestling and just the letter N. So one more time at Rock and Wrestling. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. El Toro Azul!